Well, welcome to the Evan Anderson Podcast. I am Evan Anderson. Uh, I want to welcome you. Uh, My goal and my dream was to impact the world and impact the leaders of the world in a greater way to help influence them to become greater leaders to bring out the value and the uniqueness in all the people that they lead, including themselves. Um, So my hope and dream is that this podcast will speak to you and provide you as a leader with an opportunity to learn more about leading yourself as well as leading others. Um, So let's get started. I wanted to uh, start this first podcast off with a uh, basically just introducing myself. I, I just wanted to talk and introduce myself and kind of let you know who I am and uh, like a little bit more about me from a personal level, not just from the haha introduction type of thing like that. Um, so, like I said, my name is Evan Anderson. Uh, I have been. Uh, I have. I'm currently live in Florida. I live in Central Florida. I am um, originally from Greenville, South Carolina. Um, I grew up in the church. Uh, my dad has been in both the business world and the church world, and my parents have both done that um, for my entire life. So I've gotten a chance to see and talk to contractors and people in the construction world, and then people in the engineering world, and then people in the church world. So I've over time have developed a lot of context and experience, and. Um, a lot of opportunity to get to hear from a lot of really, really wonderful and wise people. And so my dad told me from a young age to try to record and take note of all of those wonderful things. And that grew a hunger and a desire in me to want to see the world changed for specifically leaders and through leaders. Because I believe that the uh, if you were to take the entire world and call it a type of like a lockbox or like a, uh, like if you were to take the whole world and think of it as a safe, the key or the code combination that tells us what like that 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 like unlocks everything it tells us like what to do to get to the core and the heart of everything that is good in the world i genuinely believe it comes through leaders and i really believe that because of the kinds of i've had great leaders in my life that have driven me and as well as other people to amazing amounts of success and talents and abilities and all these incredible wonderful things but I have also been dramatically impacted in a negative way by leaders. Um, so I believe that the leadership of the world is the leadership that is going to determine what people do in this world. And my vision and my dream for my life is to see uh, people grow in the uniqueness and the value um, that they really have. I do believe that everybody is unique. Everybody is creative. Everybody has their own abilities and things and their own identity that will be unlike anybody else that has ever been or ever will be. So getting on with that, um, let me talk a little bit about my past, a little bit about my history. Um, so I grew up in South Carolina, like I mentioned. Um, I grew up in a Christian household, been in church all my life. I was uh, accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior at age, I believe it was six. Um, So obviously this is not like Christianity, things like that are not new to me. However, I believed, um, I learned a lot of Bible verses and things like that growing up and, and such. And in my adult life started realizing that like, the Bible is the first place to mention an org chart. And I started realizing that the Bible is that like we hear and read these books about all these special things and all these like leadership types of topics and stuff, development topics and things like that. But the Bible is where you can find some really old ancient texts that talk about a lot of these things in depth. Um, and, and it was, and it, before anybody else was really writing about it or really doing a lot about it. So um, getting into that, 
I so but growing up I didn't see all those things all I saw was uh, basically a religion something for me to do somewhere for me to go something uh, that might have some people there that might not I don't know that it was just like this kind of like you gotta do it because you just do it um, and it's not like really a for me it wasn't something that was exciting it was just the only good option um, so growing up, like I knew about God, I believed in God, I believed in Jesus, um, and church was just the only social environment I knew how to navigate. So as I was getting older and as I was um, getting into from childhood, then my, I was about 12 years old and my parents moved down to central Florida from South Carolina uh, because my dad was taking a job. And then so we moved down here um, and we find ourselves in a new church. We are at you know, we were at Bayside Community Church, this up-and-coming, new, fast-growing church with a really interesting lead pastor who's a Kate, raging Cajun. Uh, his name is Randy Bizet, who's had also a huge impact on my life. Um, and so we find ourselves down here. We see a part of the church. For me, though, it's still the same song and dance. It's just with a different landscape. Um, it's So it's still religion. There's still good leaders, still bad leaders. I uh, had a lot of bad leadership as I was growing up. But the real mark of my story started to change when I went off to college. So when I went off to college is when I started to realize that uh, I had autonomy more so than I even thought I did. And so part of how that shows up is being able to say curse words and realizing that I'm not going to get smited and I'm not going to die on the spot. Um, so if you ever grew up in church, you really understand that. And then I started engaging in college in this deconstructionalist ideology. So what started to happen was that as I was growing up and I was getting and I was taught religion, over and over and over by these different things in these different places and yada yada and I started believing it but then I get into college and I go oh I don't really have to believe that so what do I want to believe and I started getting involved in what my generation has done a ton of see my generation was really really good at having church as an option but my generation was also super duper um beat up by Bible thumpers. So when we got of the age where we could actually, as millennials, say, what do I want to believe? We decided that we, instead of abandoning theology, we wanted to reconstruct it. But we started by deconstructing and we never got past it. So we've left our belief systems deconstructed, but we never rebuilt it. Um, so in college, I was just deconstructing everything. When you find out that you know Jesus himself did not write the Gospels and Jesus himself is not the author of the New Testament, you start to kind of question things, um, <laughs> which a lot of you, I'm sure, probably know those things already. Uh, but I didn't because I grew up in church, and growing up in church, you don't talk about how the Bible came into be, you, but you talk about the contents of the Bible. So I'm learning all these things, and I'm in church, and I'm doing all this, yada, yada. And then um, when I moved to college, I just basically stopped going to church for about four years. Um, and by stop going to church, I didn't step into a church for four years, but I went to a Christian university. And I told my wife, like, I will never recommend our kids to go to a Christian university ever. And the reason why is because um, you do the same stuff at a Christian university that you would do at a non-Christian university. The only difference is that at a Christian university, you just learn how to do it in secret. Um, so obviously that's a positive thing. But anyway, the reason why that matters is because in that time frame, I learned a lot more about how much I could do on my own or how much I couldn't do on my own. And I realized that I was really, really bad at doing things on my own without God. 
So that's when my story started to turn around, but I also started realizing the leadership qualities that I had. Um, and so part of the reason why is because when I went to college, I studied uh, film production. So my whole focus and everything I was doing was to learn about how to create, write, and direct films. And so in the process of doing that, I'm doing my senior project, and I started to realize I'm three or four short films deep into my like career, and I'm starting to realize that I've not paid anybody that I keep getting these teams of like 30 people to help me out on these films with cast and crew and people like that and editing and all this kind of stuff. So long story short is that my dad pointed out to me at one point in time, he said, son, you're not paying any of them, but they're still showing up to help you with something. That's a sign of a leader. And I was kind of in disbelief, but it started to, that started to set in over time. And my dad wasn't telling me that to give me this bolstered ego See, because my dad has always described leadership not as a better than somebody else, but as a state or an or or a piece of an identity. See, not everybody is supposed to be a leader in the same way and in the same capacity, but everybody's called to be a leader. And my dad always enforced that in me, and my mom did as well. So as I grew up and as I'm doing this kind of thing, and I'm starting to realize, like, I am a leader. I I, I can be a leader. Everybody's a leader. Everybody should be a leader. Um, and I start to realize that more and more and I start to go, wow, like that's different. Like that's something else. And so what ended up happening is I ended up coming back home and I, uh, my degree and everything was, there wasn't a waste of time, but it was like, it felt like it. And I felt like a failure cause I, you know, go and do all this college and then nothing really comes of it. And then what ends up happening in the long term is I look back and I see all these opportunities to lead people and then I finally get jobs where I went from 35000 to 50000 at a software company in about three years, you know, which is not a huge jump, but I got multiple promotions and was working towards team leading and doing these things and I, and I just started having these realizations in my life and then I started having a real relationship with God. And so on and on and on, these kinds of things started coming into place. But what ended up happening is it gave me the realization that I want to see a world changed by leadership because I want to see leaders changed by knowing that they're allowed to be the leaders that they believe that they're called to be. And so there's a lot of really cool things out there to learn and to focus. And I don't know all of it, but I can tell you this. I'm really good at studying and I'm really good at finding out some of these pieces of truth. So my encouragement to you is if you want to keep going on this journey with me, um, think about the kind of leader that you really truly are because you are a leader. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but if you're hearing and listening to that right now, I want you to know that you are a leader. Uh, Leaders are not just made or just born. They're both nurtured and they're the result of nature. Um, You may not have ever led, but you need to know that you're a leader. And you may be leading, but you need to know that you can get better. Leaders are incredible people. And when they identify and know that they are leaders, they really become the best versions of themselves. So that's my goal. That's where I'm coming at it from. It's my story and I'm sticking to it. Um, So here's the encouragement I have for you. In the time we've spent talking, you've been listening to my story. I want to give you one tip that I recently learned, um, and it's one of my favorite. So, um, so what I have come to learn in the job that I am at now, I am the growth track director for the West Bradenton campus of Bayside Community Church. Um, what does all that mean? It just means that I am I lead a team of over twenty five people, volunteers who help with the first time 
experience that you get coming to this particular campus of Bayside Community Church. If you don't know what Bayside is, Bayside has uh, nine campuses, and the West Bradenton one is the second oldest campus. Um, so all the new guests that come through there, I am part of their experience with helping with their assimilation and learning about the church and things like that. Um, but I get the chance to lead over 25 people, and it's a very exciting experience, especially when they're volunteers and they don't have a paycheck on the line. You learn how to become a greater leader when you learn how to lead people who don't have to be led by you. Um, but that's a side point. One of the things that I've learned from church staff and from the successful people in churches and the healthy leaders of churches is one thing I want to share with you right now, and that is the relational communication skills. Um, one thing that I learned very, very quickly is that as a leader, you should have great communication skills. And I'm not talking about being able to be a public speaker or things like that. What I'm simply saying is this. You should be able to speak to other people where they are at and get the point across quickly and effectively without wasting a lot of time. The way I summate this into my team and I help them to understand it is that you should be able to say a lot while saying very little. And the reason why is simply this. There's nothing that you, can't, that you can say to somebody else that cannot be reduced down. We can always get better at saying more while saying less. And that is so important and so impactful for one particular reason above all else. And that is this. When you read the greatest writers and you read the greatest articles and you learn about these things, Harvard Business Review um, around, I think it was 2005, released an article called Let's Hear It for the B Players. That is a short article discussing the middle of a bell curve that is the B players that really make up a team and helping leaders understand how to uh, almost weaponize or how to uh, most effectively appreciate and utilize the B players of your team. Okay, well, they could say that within, I think it's about 2,000 to 2,500 words, but that's a very large topic. You People are writing books about that. So going from 2,500 words to 30,000 words is pretty different. But why am I saying this? That article said a lot while saying very little. The fewer words used, the greater the impact because of one reason. I need to take, I need to be able to sit and think about what you've said. But if you've said it in too many words, then I get lost in your words. Because the reality is that not everybody's great at communicating with people. But if you can learn how to be a better communicator, you can learn how to, how to lead people better too. See, the health of your leadership can be determined by your ability to communicate with people. And you're communicating with people, yes, there's good content, and yes, you need to be a learner and problem solver, and there's a whole bunch of things that you should be as a leader. But the one that is most effective that I have found is that you, can, you will find leaders who are good at saying nothing to people, but you feel really riled up and really rah-rah, ready to go. Well, those leaders are good at telling you to do something, but they may not be good at telling you what to do. <laughs> so, But the thing is that we find that if you have good communication skills, you are more willing and able to follow somebody or being followed. So focus on your communication skills. I'm going to give you three things to help you look at that. Um, number one is read the headlines of articles and think about what they are telling you in a short amount of words. Here's a great example. Um, uh, Tesla releases patents for, uh, releases secret patents for cars. Okay. That is a single line that teaches you a lot about what's going on. 
it talks about everybody knows Tesla, the company Tesla must have released their patents. And this is an actual line that came out um, in a news article way back in the day. See, Tesla released the patents behind how they created their electric cars. Um, the reason why that and all that's super interesting story, um, Elon Musk did it, but the, the, and the, the whole process behind it is absolutely brilliant. Um, but the more important thing that I'm mentioning is that that single line told me a lot in a very few amount of words. So the first thing you should do is learn, is go read the headlines of articles and think about what those headlines are telling you with only a couple of words. And then you'll start to learn how to do those kinds of things. Um, the second thing that you can do is you can try to take something that you want to tell a team member or a team, like let's say you want to teach them something or you want to um, tell them to do something. Take it and actually physically on a notepad, write it out, or you can type it out. And then take that whole chunk and do about, you know, do three or four sentences, write the whole thing out, or, or, or it really could be a couple paragraphs, write out the whole thing, and then try to find a way to say that exact same thing in two sentences. This will teach you, and this, these are uh, five-minute exercises, okay? This will teach you how to say, understand what you're trying to say, and then say it in less words. Not that you have to say the whole thing in less words. You might write a really beautiful set of paragraphs that they should listen to, or that you could just email out and it would work really well. But if you can say that in less words, you'll have a greater impact. And then the last thing, so we've got three things. Um, the first one, remember, is look at the headlines of articles and teach you how to write in short and fewer words. Um, the second one is that I want you to uh, take what something you want to convey to your team, write the whole thing out in as many words as possible, even dictate it, and then try to summate it into two sentences. And then the last thing that I want you to do is I want you to listen to how your leaders communicate to you. Take notes about what they try to tell you, and then I want you to create a headline for what they told you. So, what that means is that you, anytime a leader communicates anything to you, pull up your notes app and just start taking, jotting down some notes. Oh, uh, they want me to, they want to make sure that everybody is in uh, on time. We're supposed to, you know, everybody clocks in at eight o'clock. So make sure to clock in at eight o'clock and just listen to everything that they're telling you. Or it could be that they're telling you, hey, um, we're going to start sending out newsletters about this. What do you guys think? Or it could be that they, uh, they want to, you know, it could be a newsletter that you're reading from your leader. Uh, your leader could be your boss. It could be your manager. It could be anybody like that. Um, but think about the thing that they're talking to you about. Take your notes and then find out how to say what they said, but say it with fewer words. And so those are three things that I want to encourage you to try to do. Um, but more importantly, I want to welcome you to this is episode one. So welcome to the ground floor. Um, yet again, I want to reiterate the whole goal of even doing this is that we want to make a world of leaders that are great at bringing out the value and the uniqueness in everybody that they lead, including themselves. My name is Evan Anderson. I hope that you enjoyed the time with me. I hope that this was impactful for you. Um, leave a comment, subscribe, or anything like that. Let me know what you think. Uh, but other than that, I really hope and pray that you have a blessed day. Um, I just want to say that our mission statement here is Philippians 4.13, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So be strengthened today as a leader and go on and do the things you're called to do as a leader. Bye.